representing yeah. Milano. He's, and he's from Bari. Yeah, I thought you're always against the north. You're always yeah. saying this stuff about the he's south. He's a trader. But he's you're, a you're giving money to Milano. He's a flipper. Can we just get <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we can. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Italian Football TV. The crew, the four of us are here today as Peter is working in Italy. What was those air quotes, man? Nice, nice life going to Italy for a couple of days. He's going for a week. For a week? Seven straight, yeah. He's making Seven his rounds. I saw him with Chiellini's brother. Who else? He was with Joe Barone. Joe Barone. DeSantis. Not bad. He's doing good work. Yeah. Couple more weeks and then it's going to be over. Why? What's in a couple more weeks? <laughs> he's going to get married. Ah, he's got to get it out of his system yeah. now. Yeah. Wait, get what out of his system? The traveling, like being able to do whatever. Uh, yeah. No, he's still going to travel. He's still going to travel? Yeah. What do you think he's, Antonio? Is there a party before he gets married? Or? Yeah, we're going to go to Villa Vata. <laughs> <laughs> For a bachelor party? We yeah. tried to set up his bachelor party. Yeah. We and tried to do it, yeah, but he wasn't on? here. Get yeah. out. Yeah, we set it up with his so brother. we don't need him for his bachelor party. <laughs> That's true, too. We should still get it going. Call man, call man. Guys, we have a lot to get to today. We were just reviewing some of the controversial refereeing decisions in Inter-Napoli, which everyone, uh, all Napoli fans felt very hard done by with the penalty not given to Osiman. We looked at the one in the Roma game. So we looked at Lecce-Bologna. Uh, we've got Juventus, who came back and won against Monza when it was tied 1-1. They scored late. Inter continues on the streak. And Milan, who's getting back to winning ways, hopefully. So a lot to get to on this podcast. And I see you shaking. Your, your leg is shaking. So My legs are shaking. How the hell do you see my legs from the top but of the table? Because it's moving your arm. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. What, what, what do you I'm need to get out of your system? I'm not shaking, actually. You know what? I'm highly disappointed that we are this. We come this far with the VAR and all of this technology and all the stuff. And we still, we're still not getting the decision that everybody agreed upon. That's it. You know, it should be no... No doubts about it. Mm. We still, we after the VAR and on Monday, we come out with all of those, uh, no, you know, very questionable decision, questionable penalty. We have to rewatch it. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's either the VAR is going to help or it's not going to help. To me, the way it's being used right now is definitely not, the standards are not equally applied mm. from, from the VAR crew and the referees on each and every one of those games. I think then now, or maybe on the, on the Christmas week, uh, on the break, which is not going to probably we be a break. have a break. I would just uh, let them, I would just let them go and just lock them inside a room. I said, just get with yourself. Just get on the same page because everybody's getting different, uh, different opinion. To me, <clears throat> the, 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 the penalty given, there were not, not penalties. And the one that you guys are calling soft on Napoli, on Osimen. That was the harder, the hardest one to watch. So what for me yeah. was a penalty. Why don't we get it all of our, out of our system yeah. now, and then we talk about the real football? Uh, because as we said, we were just we literally sat down and watched each individual one. We we rewound, mm. slowed it down. We did all of that. And when you have four people who follow football, follow Serie A week after week, and the fact that we can't come to a consensus, not saying we're the smartest people in the world, but you would think that we should be able to say what a penalty and what a penalty Speak for is yourself. not. I'm one of them, one of the top. Mm. So let's get it out of the system. Okay, so um, last week or a few weeks ago, we were talking about culture, you know, the the uh, the football culture, and what happens here. And I watch all the sports. I don't just watch uh, football. You know, I watch hockey. I I watch basketball. I watch a little bit of football. Mm. I watch a little bit of baseball. Flipper. And when um, you know, and let's let's get a basketball uh, game, which is which is a great game. Um, I don't see the athletes, you know, when they fall down and when they put their hands in their head, they really hurt. And the same thing with football. They, these guys are really hurt. Um, and if somebody should fake the injury, the TV will will uh, focus on that and the player will look pretty bad in mm. front of the audience. I think what happens in football is if you can... Uh, a fake and you can throw yourself on the ground and you can get a penalty i think the people will applaud you because you were able to uh, deceive the uh, uh the referee, the referee. Mm-hmm. that's the difference in culture mm-hmm. um years ago players what they used to do they used to throw themselves on the ground and what the other team used to kick the ball out 
And there was a way, so you were hurt, you were not hurt, we didn't know, but the other team used to kick the ball out to waste time. So what did Sir Ferguson said before the game? He said, listen, we're not going to kick the ball out, okay? We will play until the referee, uh, ref, ref, until the whistles. whistles. That's when we will stop. And he was criticized for that. So there were players on the, on the, uh, on the ground and Manchester United you know, used to play. And he was criticized for that. So little by little, the culture changed a little bit. Now nobody kicked the ball out. We knew that uh, nobody was going to stop if you threw yourself on the ground. So now what happens now? Now you're hurt, but they're not going to stop the game. How are you going to stop the game? If you put your hands on the head. Because if it's, it's a head protocol. injury, yeah. then we're going to stop the game. Mm -hmm. So now what happens? You get hit in the chest and you put your... You put your hands on the on your head. They the referee to has to stop the Remember, game. Yeah. The, the, we were all watching the game together, Brazil Argentina, and a player that I love. I mean, people will laugh. They joke that I I'm too obsessed with De Paul. He's a guy that I think is fantastic football. So it's nothing against him. He did exactly that. He got hit in the chest, nowhere near his face, and he got the Brazilian player. I think it was Bruno, right? That got sent off. Uh, the midfielder from Tottenham. He got him sent off, and it was uh, a red card, and he's out of the game. So those are the problems that we're having and I see it you know the more that I'm watching the game you'll realize a player who he'll stay on the ground if he's in the pitch but then there's examples that I watched this week and it said yeah if he's off the pitch he's up in two seconds because he knows immediately that yeah. he needs to do it it's definitely culturally yeah it's different in our sport than it is in other and, sports and what you were talking about before that we watched uh, the Lecce game um in the last play of the game uh I think once you put your hands on somebody's shoulder the guy feels it he's going to throw himself on the ground now if the referee didn't see it because if you're there and you see it you could tell if you push the guy to the ground or if you just put your hands there but if the referee doesn't see it and now he goes to the VAR and now in slow motion you see that the guy has his hands on top of you it's a penalty even though maybe the guy did not put any pressure on you because you cannot tell the pressure on the VAR so that's the issue that we have right now. The goal technology is working. The offside pretty much is scientific and it works unless we determine, you know, the arm and the toe. That that's a different issue. Or the nose, uh, right? The nose. Hmm. But uh, the uh, the rest of it, there is a little. There's more that has to be done hmm. with VAR. And you're talking about the situation, just so everybody has context. You're talking about Lecce Bologna, where Falcone, goalkeeper of Lecce, 95th, 96th minute, last seconds okay. of the game, gets feels the contact and goes right. down. You're saying it's way too soft. Yeah, yeah. I thought he threw himself on the ground. I thought that as soon as he felt that the defender put his hand, and the defender is stupid because you should not put, don't put your hand on top of him. The guy's going to throw himself on the ground. It's a penalty. Mm. Uh, so that was... Um, the, uh, uh, that situation. I mean, you know, if you flip the coin, you see that before they actually starting to take the corner kick, the referee, they, they stop the game and say, hey, watch what you're doing, I'm watching. The players, they're kind of hugging and this defender hugging and then, the, oh, you know, uh, forwards, they push them uh, they push them away. I mean, if you, if you have to give it, it's either you give it or you don't. I mean, that stuff is very, 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 very soft. Just laying the hands on top. It's either you do this with the motion and then you give it to him but he has to be a clear motion they said hey i'm pushing you but just being nearby falcone and just laying the hands on top it's not a penalty so the other two situations that we'll we'll talk about is the one for roma where roma got the one one uh that penalty that for me again it's super soft when you're watching it back uh christensen right is the one who wins the penalty and it seemed like you stepped on the who is the Roma player? Christian Sassuolo player. Sassuolo player. It seems like he stepped on him, and yeah, I don't. I really don't think that should have been given, especially this day and age with VAR and stuff. That that really that I I think that's a mistake. I think that really changed the whole game for Sassuolo, where it looks it looked like they could have sealed or at least got a point against Roma if that penalty wasn't given. AC Milan you know, lost against Udinese. AC Milan lost against Udinese on a penalty. You know what's a funny penalty. one, though? For that Come one, on. if we just keep that example in mind, right? Compare the contact on that one compared to the one that Modric didn't get against Italy for Italy-Ukraine. Modric, yeah. Modric. There was way more contact on yeah, Modric in was. that penalty oh, the yeah. than there was. The Cristante. Yeah, yeah. 
That was a penalty. Yeah. But you say, done. you know what I'm saying? Like the fact that we have this much judgment where referees can look at it and then say the opposite. And then obviously the last one, which Napoli is really upset about. And uh, we, we saw our friend Rosario from mm-hmm. Ribalta. I saw his comment mm-hmm. on, on our post mm-hmm. when Inter won 3 0. I don't particularly He's, like Rosario. He called a very bad why? game for us. Why? Oh no, no, Rosario. I thought it was Rosario Charlie Candela's son. No, no Rosario no. from Ribalta. Okay. Rosario uh, from Ribalta. Oh, Rosario, Rosario Procino. Oh he commented what, what he commented on the three zero for Eter. He said it was a, it's a referee who helped them win uh the game. Something more or less. Because he was mad about the He's two, right about two instances, the build up play from uh Loborca, where Lataro found Loborca, mm-hmm. and also the penalty kick, which is the big one. Because how do we giving those two in the same exact round? We're giving the the Bologna one. We're giving uh, we're giving the Lecce one. We're giving the Roma one, and then Osimhen is not given a penalty. If yeah. if those were penalties, Osimhen should get two penalties. Yeah, Osimhen could have tied the game. The game could have gone taken a different uh, yeah, a different sure. direction. I agree, I agree yeah, with that. Sure. Rosario is right, 100%. So you say it was a penalty? Nothing to do with no. Being, uh, I say that it, on if you two. give okay. the Roma yeah. a okay. penalty and if you give the Lecce penalty, you have to give it to Napoli. That's a penalty. At least. Do it evenly. Right. If you're gonna do it, do it. If you're gonna do play it soft, play it soft. So I agree with it. Tougher, I'm good with them tougher. not being given any three of them. Mm-hmm. I'm, a l- but the, see, this is where we get it back into interpretation. Because if I was a referee, I would let a lot more play than the referees do today. Because once you slow it down, it starts looking bad. We even had Giuseppe Rossi on our show this weekend for, mm-hmm. for Paramount. And he was like, oh, but you know, I'm a striker. So for a striker, I'm, right. I'm leaning towards that being given. Right, if I you're a defender, that. You're like, oh, I know. I don't want that to be given as a penalty. So, but Gradla said it wasn't. It wasn't a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, open to interpretation. The fact that we could have so many people just disagree to me seems like that there should be a the problem. Rule, the rules are not applied equally, and they're not that clear. And in Italy, when I watch a game in Italy, compared to I've been watching a lot more Premier League lately, the game it's so much faster paced because they're not giving soft fouls. Right. They, they know they that they have play. to get up. They, they know that play. the players have to get up. And yeah. you know we love to promote Serie A here. But if we take an honest, objective opinion, in Serie A, there are way too many fouls. The game does not get played at a motion that I think ends up hurting us once we go to Europe. Because in Europe, as we've seen, a lot of things are, are different. No, they're, not call, they're not calling anything. And they're not used, the game and, go. and especially for the defenders, I think it's tough. I think that's the biggest transition for defenders. If, it's, if they call them easier in Serie A and makes it tougher... For uh, UEFA, then it kind of changes your approach on everything, especially the handballs giving. They're also very different. Which is the one that we were just watching here, Champions League, uh, where where the ball hit off the the stomach or the leg and then hit his hand. Oh, oh, listen, I was it was it a Manchester United game? No, uh, that was that was a, a Napoli game, uh, the Napoli international, uh, the, the game Napoli Real Madrid. No, I, I think it was. A, I don't think it was Serie A related. I don't think it was a Serie A game. There was a call recently right, right. where we were waiting for the explanation of it. I think it was Manchester United, Galatasaray, I, I thought it was, where we're like, all right, you know, then they said the arm is extended, it's in an unnatural position, blah, 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 blah. For me, that was never yeah. a and penalty it was last as well. Week. It was just recently. Yeah, it was this weekend. Yeah. It was this week and we're watching the Champions League. Hey, this is what I, I wanted to just, uh, I wanted to just uh, throw, throw this thing here on the floor. I know you guys are going to laugh about it, but this is what I think. You know, we've been bringing this uh, the, uh, on the EPL they don't call it. You go into in France, they might not call it. In Italy, they 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 overcall. They make all of those calls that we over over the top. Why don't we make we hire we pay referees? We pay them a good fees, but the Italian referees let them go referees in uh, let them go referee in uh, in in England, and let's get the international referees to to uh, referees Italian games. Okay. I wanted to know the way the flow of the game and what the culture is going to be is going to be all about it because right now. So you're saying bring foreign referees? Bring foreign referees. That's what Greece does for the top four teams. They oh, require yeah? Listen, non-Greek referees, so oh, they yeah? get a lot of Italian. You pay Massa them, goes there a lot. The Rocky goes there. You pay a lot the, of Italian you pay referees them the go fees. to Greece for you the top them four the, games. The, the because they don't want any bias. PSG Newcastle. That was the game. PSG yeah, yeah. oh, Lucas, yeah, Nassau, yeah, Lucas yeah, yeah. on the last right, minute. Right, right. I just found this. Yeah, uh, but Mbappe scores the penalty. Yes, yeah. That's it. Which also changes the fate yeah, absolutely. of Milan because absolutely. Milan could have been okay with yeah, you a see, tie you see, in the next match. You see, here you go. We should have, we should have no, no even doubts that some of those referees, for example, they might be secretly 
But you in, know, in Champions League, we have that, though. Yeah, but this is not the Champions League. What okay, I but said, in Champions League, we have the same... Why don't we have international referees just interacting with the different leagues? Why do we have the Italian Italian referees making the calls and in the VAR at the same but time making those calls? I think it's more of how the referees are tall rather than their nationality. Mm-hmm. No, no, Mike, no, no. It's <laughs> not that. It's not that. I, I think you eliminate, and, and, you, you eliminated the extra doubt that some of those referees, they might, you know... Be biased. Yes. And the referee in this game, if I remember correctly, it was the World Cup final referee, right? Yeah, Marciniak, the yeah. Polish the, yes, referee. Yes, the Polish referee. Yeah, yeah. He was also, who we say, all right, the guy refereed the, the World Cup final. He should be top in his but field. But it was also backed up by another uh, FIFA referee, too, and it said it was a correct decision. Which so, is just crazy. So I guess we're, that's Mike, just the rules bounced, of the game. But Mike, it bounces off not, your body I'm not, disag- goes into I'm your not disagreeing with you, but two referees anyway. said that was correct. And Colina is the guy in charge, right? Is Colina the guy in charge of, of the of VAR for the, Euro, uh, for the uh, I think for the Euro, I always I see him, he's the one releasing, yeah, releasing a lot of uh, statements. Yeah. That should be... Yeah. Hey, by the way, anybody together. watching over there on IFTV, first of all, rate us with five stars Jesus, and, uh, and push the, mm. the, the, the like and the subscribe. Then... We wanted to know whether you agree with this. I mean, there is a lot. A lot of time you walk out of the out of the studio or out of the game that uh, we wanted to know whether everything was done the proper way. Mm. We do not want to just go back home and say, "Oh my God, the same guy." Oh, the guy's going to be refing that game again. Oh my God, I know he's going to just call everything against us. Maybe we should look for new referees. Maybe you. Somebody. Oh my God, you don't want me to referee a game. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 20 re- 21 red cards. Why do you have a Napoli scarf I don't know, on? Mike. Po- Who is oh, that? I love Napoli. Napoli is, uh, uh, you know, Napoli is the South. Napoli is who we are. Uh-huh. You too. You should be Napoli too. Well, we, we went to watch with the Napoli club, uh, Montesi yeah. d'America. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who gave us uh, this scarf. They had a good showing. We were talking mm-hmm. about it in the game against Real Madrid. Uh, so shout out to them for for having us and hosting great. us. Mm-hmm. Really, you know really who's amazing. there? It's Massimo. Remember, I played with him at Viareggio. His father's the one who mm. organizes yeah, okay. uh, all this stuff. So this is the same Monte di Project that is yes. attached yeah. over there. Yeah. So guys, I mean, unfortunately, the only unfortunate thing is that Monte di Project is where people uh, where Peter comes from. I mean, uh, but uh, we, love, we love Peter. It comes from Bensonhurst. Uh, Benson, oh, Bensonhurst. <laughs> so but we love <laughs> Peter anyway, even though we're talking a little garbage. Let's, here so and there. forget about the referees. Let's forget about all that. What stuff. Do we forget let's about? talk about, okay, the, let's right. talk about the, the game. We'll talk about Napoli. Okay. Uh, 3-0 loss against Inter, where in the first half, if you saw 3-0, you would never believe it because Napoli, they, they rattled the crossbar. Um, they had huge chances, chance, huge yeah. shots on target. They were playing like the Napoli that I remember of old. But at the same time, it also fell into the hands of Inter because Inter is just so good at adapting their style. So you want to have the ball? No problem. We'll, we'll play on the counter, and we're so efficient with the way we touch the ball. Mike, you're making a face. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like that scoreline, if you saw, if didn't see the game, you saw 3-0. You felt like it was uh, a one-sided game. And I guess you can say it was one-sided from the second half, from the first half. I think Napoli, I agree with you, Marco. It seemed like you got flashes of that Spalletti kind of football, how Mazzari just kind of let them play the football that they knew. So that was refreshing. But they weren't clinical, how Inter are. And the only thing is, when you play against Inter, if you're not perfect, you're going to have to play a different way, which is not play your football. So you'd have to play a kind of defensive, boring football that would that they wouldn't like something like Juventus which actually they got a point out of or else they're going to get you on the counterattack and they always will unless like I said before you have a perfect game so Napoli weren't fortunate they weren't clinical they didn't finish their chances and I think everyone predicted it now it's Inter going to score it's only a matter of time and that's exactly what they did what's very funny about what you said too is when you watch the way that Juventus also conceded their goal to Inter it's when they were pushing forward which is not in the DNA of this current yeah. Juventus side. Usually they score 1-0, they tidy it up. Uh, and then as the game, once they had the 1-0 Inter, well, they've shown they could come back into matches, but they're also really good at managing moments. So once Napoli started to spread itself apart, and defensively, okay, we could say everything about how Napoli played. Defensively, they're all over the place. Bad, very bad. They're atrocious. Very yes, bad. they're missing two left backs. They're, they're playing Nathan, right? They have Juan Jesus that's in the defense. But it should not be this poor defensively from their side. So they also deserve to lose for the way that they defend. 
Yeah. You know, the, yeah. w- let, me, let me just say, Gatano, maybe you and I, we can agree on Stay this. Stay on Napoli w- first. W- and yeah, yeah, yeah. When you are defensive, trying to trying to catch up and trying to, uh, because you've been outnumbered on the counter, that's very difficult, even if you are a, gr- a great defender. When you've been outnumbered, by an offensive player of Inter, it's not the, it's not easy to to reset the the defense. You have the first catch up, run back, catch all your lungs out of your mouth, and then try to set yourself up again and hope that uh, everything goes uh, falls back into the defensive line and uh, and the the, the, no, no, the danger has been uh, you eliminated the dangers that the, the, the op- so let me op- ask you something then yeah let me tee you up on something there was a, a clip that uh, Mike Grello was showing me that when he was with Spalletti, Spalletti showed, pulled up a clip. Yeah. And the thing that he was most proud of, you think that it was going to be an attacking chance, it was a counterattack where Napoli were up on a corner kick, they got caught out on the counter, and he had 10 men run back to get the ball. So you're saying that they play up on the pitch, yes. but Spalletti's Napoli always was defending much better than the current one. Yes, yes, but again struggling to make up the, the the ground for you to be in the position to defend it's it's not going to work all the time AC Milan got caught three or four times a lot of people that they played that uh, they played against Inter they're always getting caught by the same kind of a mistake you can have an attacking team that 4-3-3 even if it comes 4-5-1 when, you de- when you're defending it's not going to work at some point something is going to go wrong you know, Napoli was very unfortunate not to have scored on uh, the the big shot from outside. Uh, the Elmas. first time. Elmas, Elmas was Politano. the first time, and Politano. So, I mean, the goalkeeper is there to make the save. And Summer, Summer did make the save. Oh, to to stay focused on Napoli was well, something that's really interesting. I don't know if you you saw this either. Napoli at home compared to away is completely different. It's two different Napoli's. Napoli at home sit in seventeenth place in the Serie, sixteenth or seventeenth place. I can't remember. Only seven points earned. Away from home, they sit in first place. What? What? How do you even explain that difference? Wow. I don't know if it's the approach to the game, or if it's the pressure that they feel when they're home. Uh, I'm not sure, but I can tell you that on that uh, goal that Barella scored, they had four players on the side, and Barella was right on top of the area, he was all alone. He didn't have anybody around. It's like training practice. Yeah, but I mean, how do you give so saying. much space? space? And then you always, always must have somebody in the middle, in front of the area. Always. Somebody's yeah. got to be there. Like when you defend, that's that's where most of the goals have been are scored. Mm-hmm. Ostigard was somehow yeah. in position, but then the, he kind of, you know, was shy. The, he, he put his own on. Barella had a lot of momentum they gave, too. Barella they, he gave was him a whole freeway to go. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, he scored unbelievable. It was the good. But you can't give him that the space. That, and the, uh, the speed at which he did it yeah. without losing mm-hmm. uh, control of the ball was unbelievable. But I think I would say more of a uh, defensive mistake was a, a Barella. A Barella uh, Greatness, I, I seen Barella. But if you that. had a player in front of the mm. defense there, mm. he yeah. wouldn't have done it. No, you, you can't you stop the ball. So you yeah. you were texting in the group because I know you guys watch the game in the city, but whatever you had you had duties to to go <laughs> through. <laughs> you guys had other concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to go see the Christmas tree, the Christmas lights. Just to say hi to the Christmas tree. They're here from Italy yeah. for a couple of weeks. So <laughs> yeah, I know you guys act like tourists. Like we don't live in New York twenty four seven. That's right. Anyway, you you were texting and you sent the text about Mazzari that you're already having. Your concerns, your doubts over him. Oh, Mazzari, uh, the next game is against Juventus. Um, if he loses that game, he's not going to eat the panettone. Mm, oh. <laughs> Didn't I text you that pa- yes, uh, Mazzari's not going to eat the panettone? Mm. Come on, he's know. had a tough schedule to come in. He's had no time to train the team. Then he had the Champions League, Real Madrid, and Atalanta. That guy's got to pay his run. Juventus. He just got any jumping. Oh, yeah. He's got Juventus coming up. Then he's got an important game against Braga to qualify. Uh, so it's not easy, but... I mean, once you start off the season on a bad foot with Rudy Garcia, yeah. you're always you're always trying to play catch up. Let's focus on Inter because this this Inter side is making the extraordinary look very ordinary. And I know you're going to be mad at me for the way that I praise them, but I really don't care. The fact that in the last games they played against Juventus, one of the worst performances I've seen from them, yet they were able to grind out a draw in Torino shows their strength. They go to Benfica where they're down three zero. Their B team is able to come back three three. 
Now they play against Napoli in Naples with all the pressure, with the new coach, without three center backs because Bastoni's out, Pavard is out, and a few minutes into the game, De Vrij is out. They put Carlos Augusto in. And they win 3-0 in Naples. That makes it look, again, simple. This team is so strong. We've said it before, but they are now so professional. I, that's the word that I keep using. They fixed the mistakes that they had in the past, that Inzaghi, where he always had to make the same substitutions, the, the always the same guys had to come in. He sorted that, and they're unstoppable. You can afford it when you have Fratesi on the bench, when you have all of those. Uh, you have a national team sitting on the bench for Inter. It's not that that's whoever is missing over there. The replacements are high-caliber replacements. They're not really second, the second line. Inter does not have a second line. Even, came in and gave right, even the fact that a bunch of them that are sitting on the bench is because you are forced to put 11 players. But all of those, they can start the game at any time. Yeah. So Very there well is built. none. There is none of the people sitting on the bench that deserve to be sitting on the bench. It's the contingency that Inzaghi is going to have to just face with. And, uh, you know, they have the Coppa Italia, they have the Champions League, they have the Campionato. A lot of them, they get to play, not a lot of minutes, but they play important minutes. Fratesi is a starter. If he starts an Italian national team, he can start on Inter. So the fact that he sits on the bench <laughs> is because they have a Mkhitaryan, because they have a Barella, and because they have a Khan. But this have... is their emergency situation, right? Emergency. So, Everyone goes through paths where they're missing more players, and Inzaghi's come out saying this is a bad moment for them. Yeah, mm. they're getting all of these important results. Yeah, no, I think Inter yeah. definitely, um, over the years, I mean, we could say it's about time also. We can't just be like, Oh, great, smooth sailing. The past couple seasons, we were criticizing them, saying, should he stay, should he go? And now the team's only been getting better, you can say, based on uh, on paper and based on their bench and based on uh, perfecting the squad. For the most part, uh, they kept their core, right? And mm. they only replaced them with better substitutions or players that left, brought in good players and stuff like that. And I think Inzaghi really found his footing with this team and I don't think he's going to mess it up this season. I but, think he knows that if he doesn't do what he's supposed to, he's getting the boot. But you say the core remains. But for most teams in the world, you lose your starting goalkeeper, who was unbelievable. You lose your starting two center forwards because they lost Lukaku and Jekyll and Onana. That could hurt a lot of teams. The replacements that have come in have but also been amazing. The, the replacement, I mean, Summer has, I don't think, for the most part, he hasn't. Not as not as gifted with his feet than Onana, but he's a great shot stopper. We saw him doing an incredible and game the other not doing day. Well, that great on no, I'm saying, but, but at Inter he was doing well. So you got to say like oh, that. Absolutely. The strikers they brought Arnautovic. Uh, he's been injured, injury problems. He's uh, whenever he comes in, he does what he's supposed to. Turam's been incredible. But my point is just, I'm saying you're saying the core stayed together, but again they lost their center forward yeah. and their goalkeeper. No, big pieces for many teams that yeah. could crumble you. Well, so the sign of a, a good I team is when Lautaro has a bad game. Yesterday, Lautaro and they won no, nowhere to be seen. So what happens? Other people step up. That's a good point. And Barella step up. You know, uh, Chernarogu step up. You know, so that's the sign of a good team. Mm. When you lose the best player, certain teams, you lose one of them, mm. That's it. They so, can't score anymore. So which means like Inter- Milan is a layout dependence or uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I'll tell you why. He jokingly yesterday even though we were on extra duty I was with our friend Joe Gulino and he said Joe my god you guys everything is clicking like uh, you have six cylinders it's like you have 20 cylinders so what he said so uh, he said you know what it will not hurt maybe if uh, some of your best players they get hurt like AC Milan's got 15 people hurt maybe sometime you know you guys need a bunch they of have uh, three center backs that are hurt 15 yeah. people AC Milan's got three quarters of the team out they have three center backs that are hurt they're well built yeah they're well built that's they're well the built. problem but it's, the it's, problem. it's, it's no but it's <laughs> there. We, we are hoping we are hoping no. that maybe Mike what the hell Mike Mike why, why do I get blamed for everything why do I get blamed for everything what do I have to do with get that get a mosquito zap over here uh oh here we go we'll use Ronaldo Ooh, 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 ooh. That's what? animal cruelty, Paisa. Is that a moth? Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, I think it's gone now. Are you killing with Ronaldo? Yeah. CR7. Anyway, to make a long story short, we were jokingly saying, you guys are lucky. You need a bunch of injuries. We- but is it lucky or is it good planning? Because look at the players that they signed. I said those two players, Summer and Turam, combined 7 million euros in mm. transfer fee. Darmian's another player. Quadrado. They signed for basically nothing. Quadrado. Fridge, right? This is good planning, Paisa. It's not just luck. Carlo Augusto. Yeah. Uh, Carlo Augusto, he plays you know for a Brazilian national team. By now, right? not a bad 
And not a, from Monza, not a bad pickup, right? right? If you flip the coin, Gaetano, look what we have. We have Pioli and Preparatorio Atletico. want us to feel bad for you? Oh, no, Preparatorio <laughs> Atletico. And instead of to make your player stronger, you see that those people <laughs> even... Uh, you know, during the training, they get hurt. Um, we need somebody that is capable to uh, to prepare those guys physically. What, what happened not to, to your over, Milan lab? Eh, Milan lab. I guess uh, <laughs> I need to go over there and see what the hell is going on over there. You know, the lab, I guess, uh, some of the, the mix of the chemistry is not really, uh, you know, it's not a function, it's not working. I think we are over-preparing those guys. You need them to give them a break. You need them just maybe to do a, a set of exercise that not that tasking. Those Listen. people are really on the field with their tongue out. Listen, the difference is Marotta. Marotta knows how Marotta to... Marotta is not a atletico. <laughs> Marotta knows how to buy players ah. and uh, spend a lot of money. You guys, I mean, you want to play in three different uh, competitions. Uh, competitions, you know, with Giroud, you know, who's what, thirty-four years old? Yeah. What's wrong with Giroud? I, I thought he was thirty-six. Probably uh, thirty-six years old. You want to play? He's going to be thirty-seven. You know, he's going to be thirty-seven soon. Uh, okay, so you're, saying you're proving this point so, even so more. You, yeah. So you, you, I mean, he's thirty-seven already. Thirty-seven. Yeah. How can you play September, with, with thirty-seven? I mean, you. Jovic is not okay. Score a goal, but what has yeah. he done the whole season? He hasn't done really much. You know, you need somebody at that level that when he's out, somebody can come in and, and do the job. Yeah. Well, I would only hope it's uh, the the youths that we have, like Kamal, the other yeah, couple of the kids that they are. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, gonna take that. on a fifteen year old. gonna take that. Well, you never know, Mike. Okay. At least Pulisic pulled up for you against Pulisic. Pulisic. Yeah. five goals to assist. Yeah, yeah. Pulisic and then was playing center back. Nana, yeah. but he did good. Nana left with, uh, 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 I mean, uh, left back. Yeah, it's not. But if you play a four man, he has to play as a left back. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. For me, to Hernandez cannot defend. Yeah, I agree with you. So, okay, we get to a bigger problem. I know you won against Frosinone. Uh, if we look at what happened against Dortmund, it was complete disaster. Somehow you're still alive in the Champions League. Mm. I don't know how with, I think you only scored three goals in the entire competition. Mm. You sit in last place, yet... You could still go through. You need some help. You need Dortmund to beat PSG at home, and you need to win your game. And a prayer. Obviously, a little prayer. I go to the church again. <laughs> uh, but it, Maldini came out with an interview that I know a lot of Milan fans were also upset about timing-wise that he's coming out and saying this. I feel like Maldini waited a fair amount of time. Mm -hmm. And also, Milan, you guys have been in not the best situation of mm -hmm. all time, even though you're only four points away from first place. So maybe it's not, or five points. Six. Okay, before the Inter game, you were you were four points. Okay. So you're four points from second place, okay. we'll say. Sorry. He came out saying that a lot of the decisions that he wanted to make, signing players, he gave the examples, Leal, Tonali, he said, uh, Benesser, Teo Hernandez, were all ones that were questioned when he made the signing. Mm -hmm. But he needed time to be able to see the development of these guys. And now look at where they become. We say top class in each of their fields. Tonali mm -hmm. sold for $80 million. Five times what they bought him, whatever it was. This decision of losing Maldini, do you think it has some bearing still? I definitely believe that Maldini is the only one was the only capable guy. Not with Mas with uh, Masara, where it was next to him, Furlani. Furlani, Maldini. I think with Ibrahimovic. Those two guys that could have been the perfect fit for AC Milan because they know they recognize a talent right away. You do not have to have the guess. Maldini to go to the Hernandez to go to Spain and ask the guy, hey, listen, why don't you come and play with us? The guy, when somebody of the caliber of Maldini comes and knock on your door and you open the door, you see Maldini, says, oh my God, yo, Maldini came to see, to talk to me. I'm going. So they might actually take, uh, like, as a challenge. And I, even on the salary-wise, they might just say, oh, you know what? Even if they offer me more, Maldini's coming to call you, you better go. So that's what I'm trying to say. You need the caliber personality, people that, that they made the history of the soccer, people that they know to play soccer, people that they won. Maldini has won just about everything except for the World Cup. And when somebody like that calls you, that phone call has got to wait. It's got a very, very, very uh, wait. If Mike calls you... <laughs> 
And I said, hey, uh, by the way, we're thinking about you. I said, who are you, Mike? Uh, my name is Mike. I said, get the hell out of here. Thanks, Not so to take Michael. anything away from you. <laughs> Don't make me say it. But anyway, what I'm trying to tell you, Maldini is going to be missed. So if I was in the position of Cardinale, I would say, listen, sometimes you have to hit your pride and say, you know what, Paolo, I'm sorry things that went they went wrong, the way we we talk, we approach the, the situation, but... Mr. Cardinale, please listen to me if, you, if you're watching the podcast. Just make a phone call to Maldini. It's Christmas time. There is forgiveness. <laughs> so just, you know. Or Zlatan. What about Zlatan? It Zlatan looks like Zlatan's going to get brought in. Zlatan can do it. Even Zlatan can just talk to the, to the guy and say, listen, invite Paolo back. Maybe things, they're going to start to gel. So that, are, we, are we overreacting a little bit with Milan season? Or do you think some of these talks from Maldini, what he said to the media, they're all been... Affect, his his departure have all been affected. No, I I've said it from the beginning. Uh, to me, that was uh, a big mistake to let somebody like Maldini go, because uh, the guy is not only was one of the legends, but he's a gentleman, and so he also knows how to approach the uh, the great players, and they all have respect uh, for him. I mean, you saw it. When uh, I think it was in the Champions League, when Maldini stopped for an interview to, to just say a few words, and, and players like Henry and Richard, you know, they were like, "Oh my God, we have we have Maldini here." They were all bowing to him. You know, the guy's a legend. So I think that uh, that would have gone a long way to have him on your team. Mike, overall, Milan season, obviously Champions League, they were in a very tough group. Where, where do you evaluate so far? It's disappointing to me. Just, um, yeah, they made some improvements uh, for some players you can see on paper, but um, I just I lackluster, not good enough, and a lot of players. I think Pulisic is probably the only bright spot in terms of the players that, that, was, that was brought in, and I think they still didn't fix their biggest issue uh, for striker. They brought in Jovic, and I don't think he's an adequate replacement playing someone like Giroud. I, I've been saying this for months that, you know, older striker like that, you can't rely on him. You did say it three in competitions. Yeah, so it's going to be a tough <coughs> season. Uh, I, I think their only hope is for them to make top four. I, I don't see them getting being close to Inter uh, when, it, when May comes. This is now our year for uh, definitely yeah. not to win. We're not. Uh, we don't look uh, strong enough to win. But but I see Benasser coming back. I just hope he's going to be healthy. Yeah. I see. Uh, I like Ryan Reinder, the way mm-hmm. he's been playing. Yeah. He, uh, you know, it's not the quality that uh, we had with uh, with Tonali. But uh, the I mean, I see that the vol a lot of volume. It's a lot. It's a lot. Of, Let me ask you a question. Yeah. I like Musa the way he's been playing uh, uh, on and off from time to time. I think this is going to be a difficult Go question. Ahead. What What is the project? For the AC Milan, where do you want to where do you want to go? We for AC Milan, what's the project? Champions League and the Campionato. We want to win both. You want to win. <laughs> you want to win the Campionato. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. where do you want to be placed in Champions League? What do you mean? Where do we want to be placed? We want to win. You want to win the Champions yes. League. So when? Be, what's the time frame? Be one of the elite. Years, couple of years. Two, three be years. one of the elite teams again in. Europe. Yeah, we are. So you, you know, team. you're competing with Real Madrid, Barcelona, yeah. PSG, Man City. Yeah. Uh, We're not that far off from them. We have a couple of players. You're not, not that far, far off. off. Yeah, couple defend, one or two defenders and a striker. Come That's on, it. Come on, two defenders Anto. and a striker. We have, one of the, we have an incredible midfield. Listen okay. to me. You know, you know, <laughs> please. We have an incredible midfield. We have an incredible goalkeeper. Yeah, incredible. Offensively, we need one more person. And defensively, we need two center Ds. Okay. Two center defender we need. Two pure center defender. Okay? Tomori is not as strong as what you guys think. Tomori is not Nesta. Tomori is not Colovati. Uh, I'm sorry. Tomori is not uh, uh, Costa Curta. Costa Curta was... Uh, I, I told you that. You. I didn't like your defense. I Calabria is... You need a, Calabria you need a new right a back. Defender. That's why they didn't even play, put so him on So now you just named defender. four players. So you named half no, your team. Tiao is not that... Uh, Tiao is not a Tiao great defender going, either. Keep going, so, keep going. So I said yeah, two defenders and one striker. That's No, what we you need more you than just that. Said, yeah, you just said you're right back and Theo, you said it's not a defender. <laughs> so you, that's four, right? That's your no, whole back. You change the formation. You go, with the, you go to with, a, with a three, three defenders. That's a different manager. That's a whole different thing. That you're who's, a different manager. Uh, so it's more right, than a couple of Who's your number 10? AC Milan has a history of number 10. Yes. Starting from Gianni Rivera to Kaká. 
And who's your number 10? But to be fair, who's really a 10 these days? Well, we lost... Jude, we Jude lost, is like the only listen, real 10 there is. Let me tell you something. We lost Brian Diaz to and a even backup because on, we had to give up on, on him for Real Madrid. But I can see Benacer become a number 10 because Benacer... No. Benacer is great coming up from the defense. We gotta the subject. So, wait a moment. No, 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 no. Listen, Brian Diaz is well at all. I'm going to put Reinder because it's a defensive midfielder. Number 10 is Dybala. That's a number 10. And we don't have Dybala okay. on AC Milan. Somebody, you know, from your history of number 10, you need to buy somebody I wanted to watch at that Benacer. level. Benacer Benacer. At that level. You tell me Benacer. What are you, crazy? You wish you had Benacer. Benacer is I one of the top midfielders. I said that's not midfielders. his position. He's well, not a number 10. Listen, Ternades is not the, his position to play, uh, to play left defense, but we play anyway, on the left. We're getting completely off, uh, oh off subject yeah, now. Off subject. The only thing that I would add to this, I think Pulisic has done Amazing. Mm -hmm. I love him. I'm very excited. I love the storyline. I love that he's getting consistent minutes. The thing that I want to see from him more is in the tough moments, in the tough games, when it counts, I want to see him be the leader. I see him doing really good. He's doing good against Frosinone. He's done well against Bologna, which is important. But what I'm saying is in a game like Dortmund, in these Champions League moments, when Lau is not there, when the focus is down, I think he has the ability to be that guy to be the world-class player, to say, I'll lead the way. So far, I've only seen it in moments when everything has gone well, Pulisic has played very good. Mm. I want to see when Milan's not playing well, I want to see him just grab the team. I know I'm asking for a lot because it's only a few months that he's in Milan. I just think that he has the ability to be able to do so, and I want to see him go for it a little bit more. Let's move subject. You brought up Dybala. Dybala goal, assist. Assist, but he did technically get it for Roma. They won 2-1 away from home. Difficult match. Sassolo went down to 10 men. Boloca made a stupid tackle. I mean, his team's up 1-0. I don't know why why you ever make that tackle and you put your team into 10 in like 65th minute, whenever it was. Roma, if you check their numbers, the last 11 games, I know we've we've criticized maybe their philosophy. Uh, if everything is aligned, Jose Mourinho was, was pissed off. He's always pissed off, but he was pissed off also after the match. The last 11 games, only Inter and Juventus have earned more points than them in that time frame. Considering the injuries, considering everything, how do we how do we make this situation? Well, you Dybala. Dybala is one of the best players in Serie A. Uh, he had two beautiful shots before he scored the uh, the penalty, uh, and the the, the uh, goalkeeper made some some great saves. But this is the the type of player, you know. This is a great. The guy has got everything. And I even saw him coming back and win the ball mm -hmm, in midfield. Mm -hmm. You know, he was fighting to get the ball. When he gets down to the nitty-gritty, the guy was also defending. Um, I did not uh, understand why was Mourinho upset. What was he upset? Why? It, they said something about Berardi, mm -hmm. he, that he was upset at Berardi, was upset at the... Was he upset at Sassuolo or just Berardi? Berardi. Before, before the game, it was Berardi. He said, I love him as a player. He doesn't like uh, his attitude off the pitch. Uh, sorry, not off the pitch. The, the way that he behaves. How uh, he acts. How he, acts, how he yeah. acts. I don't know what he's specifically talking about there. Okay. Afterwards, he's he's always upset with the referees. He's mm -hmm. upset with refereeing decisions. Uh, even though, if you look at the penalty, it's something that we all said was a very soft penalty and they were awarded it. So he wouldn't even speak uh, Italian in his post-match yeah, press conference. That. He spoke in Portuguese. Portuguese so. We know how calculated he is in the way that he does stuff. To fight with this team, Mike, you brought it up a few times. You said he needs the best of Lukaku, he needs the best of Dybala, he needs the best of a lot of players. Right now, and the he's in the moment of getting that, right? You see the way that Lukaku opens up the space even mm -hmm. for the goals, the opportunities, the chances. This is the best of them, so we're starting to see that. Yeah, um, but I don't know how long it's going to last because even this game, you can say they had chances. Lukaku even missed a big chance that he hit it off target, which he probably should have scored. But... I was watching the game, and honestly, if Roma didn't win that penalty, it didn't look like they were gonna not even tie, uh, not even win, but tie the game. And I think they got a lucky break from the referee that they got the penalty and gave them that motivation to get uh, get, get that winner. But then again, in uh, football, you, every every team's gonna get their lucky breaks and so on and so forth. And um, they capitalized on getting the three points while a couple other teams in their by their standings didn't so they're getting closer to that top four over there to be fair though I just checked it up just to make sure I was correct 
They've scored 27 goals Mm -hmm. in the season. 13 of them, almost exactly half, have come in the last 15 minutes Mm -hmm. of play. So they've definitely been a team that builds into it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, if they didn't get the penalty, okay, we never know what's going to happen. But they've shown to be a side that they get better in the last minutes. The character, the the, the spirit, the intensity that Jose Mourinho, we've said it for, for years over here. Maybe you want to take away the style of play. You can never take away the spirit that he brings to his teams and the character that he's brought to this Roma. Yeah, no, no that's fair. But uh, I did think um, Sassuolo were playing them pretty good. I think um, Dionisi did his homework against Roma, and it really showed. And, you know, individual errors like that red card, you, it must be said, you're, you're playing a man down, so it's going to be much tougher playing with a better team than you, and you're going to have to sit back and defend. And another individual error you get the penalty which i don't think it was a penalty whatever the case was but things sometimes swing in your favor and whatever good for roma you gotta do what's on your plate and finish the chances Mm -hmm. but i just don't know how how um what what's the word i'm looking for i don't know how well this could keep going on i don't know how um, you don't see uh, the foundation i don't i'm trying to find the word but i can you do that consistently yeah sort of could could this keep working? Like, like for Inter, for Inter looks like in, for Roma. What about for Juventus? Like, Would you say that for Juventus? Yeah, because uh, Juventus are playing in a different field because uh, they have the luxury of playing with um, not playing in Europe, so that helps. And they they also have better players than Roma on paper, so that definitely gives them the upper edge overall. But for Roma, you need a few more key pieces in terms of they do have a lot of their top players are injury prone. Um, their playing style isn't the best known around and overall there's a lot of question marks of how they've been through the season so uh, uh, i'm interested to see how they're going to end off also in europe by the way their draw against servet was disappointing the one one because now uh they they too have a difficult situation where if you finish in second place in the europa league you have to go through and play a team from champions league and i know jose's come out and said they're the ones that need to be concerned but if you play a team that comes down from there, they have so much more quality than most of the teams no, have more sure. quality than Aroma do. So it makes it life even more difficult when in their group, for the way that they've played, you would expect them to be able to go through uh, and to be able to push forward. So mm. that those aspects are difficult, but I've said it from the beginning, this Roma on paper is not a team for top four. If Jose gets them to top four, it's an incredible achievement. And I'm standing by that. I don't care what people say about how this so what's squad goal? is. So what's our goal? They for me, goal. get to Champions League. Yeah, top, top so four. If they so it's not successful if they don't make top so four. For you, for you so what be. do you do with uh, no, Mourinho? I don't think, so what, like, what's the do? What's a, a successful season and not a successful season for Roma? Well, top four is like it's, Napoli winning the Scudetto last year. Right. It's something that That's if right. all the stars needed to align. That's embarrassing to say. Listen, okay, no, no. Hold on. Let me explain. Let me explain. Hold on. Let me explain. But is it not the truth? I wouldn't say that to, it's that that much of an accomplishment. You need, you know I think why? it would be a, a very good. I wouldn't because say because you need uh, you need season. other teams. You need other teams to, to not. Mess up. Yeah, you need yeah. other teams to not perform like a Napoli or a Milan. You need one of them to fall out of mm-hmm. the top four because they're much better than oh, you on Juventus paper. Too. Or whatever. Either way, you need somebody to do bad, and you need things to all work out in your favor. Hold on. Is Inter better than Roma? Yes. Okay. Is Napoli better than Roma? Yes. Okay. Is Milan better than Roma? Yes. Okay, and then you have a couple of teams that you can Juventus, Atalanta. What about Atalanta and Lazio? You know, Mm. and Fiorentina. You know, and Fiorentina. They were pushing too. Those are another three, three teams that are competing for. You know, did I say Juventus? No, I didn't say Juventus. No, so So I said Inter, Milan, and Napoli. What about Juventus? Mm -hmm. So there, you already have the top four. Mm -hmm. So. If they are, if they are top, if they go over top four, you're talking about four top teams that at the beginning of the season that we all said they were going to be better than Roma. Okay, so what? So that's that's accomplishing. That's over accomplishing. Okay, so what happens if they don't? Is it a failure? No, because we place them uh, where they belong in the, in the in the first place with fifth or sixth. That's not a failure. Listen, Mourinho's so Mourinho project is to, over. So Mourinho goes to two finals last season. This season, if he doesn't go to final, he doesn't get top four. What is that? A, is that a going like down from no, last season? No, we said that a top four is over a country. No, no, I get it. So this so season, if you got in fifth place, put place I think that you know fifth that's where they be, belong. Yeah, fifth, probably. That's where they belong. Fifth, sixth. I think I think what it'll come so down to though at the end is just understanding the project, understanding the idea of right. how can you go forward. 
financially where can Roma actually spend? Mm -hmm. Or do they have to keep going down this route of buying injury-prone players because and that's hoping at, that are more quality, but you're betting on and banking on them not being right. injured and finding talents from the Primavera like they've had to do so yeah. far, and well, then balancing those with your expectations of you league know, football. You know what I think Marco is right about Roma? I'll tell you the reasons why. You have to see, you have to wait until the, the, the December, the January, the January uh, transfer uh, season. If Napoli let go of Osimhen, a lot of people, they say, like you just said it, <laughs> if they let go of Osimhen or a couple other players, because the pressure, that? the pressure for a lot of more money. But you're talking, and I'm things talking, that's not going to happen. I'm talking reality. You're, you're not talking reality. If you're Osimhen talking and Equara, yeah, a couple other gonna, people. You think they're going to leave in January? Listen, ADL wants to monetize you. I don't care. Listen, that's not gonna I'll happen, tell you what, I think Roma, they have a shot if they get Abraham Elty. And if they get back some of the uh, the defender that Gaetano was uh, naming, uh, uh, and if Batistuta comes out of retirement, hey Batistuta, I think <laughs> listen, it's the only team to me with Fiorentina that they can challenge the fourth place. Well, to add to that, and point, a massive failure from AC Milan or Napoli can just allow them and facilitate their move into uh, the spot. To add to his point, I just checked the score because we're filming this during the game: three zero Torino against Atalanta. Oh boy, finished Zapata two goals. Oh yeah, yeah. So not good for Atalanta Spirit. They were just coming off a really good week in Europe, right? Mm. Finished for first place in, in their group. We thought the balance of the way things are. It's a difficult, it's a very difficult league this year. You're seeing those teams even at the bottom that, that are able to fight. Um, let's talk about Fiorentina as well. I had a couple of things on Fiorentina. Uh, obviously, good win, 3-0. Uh, Salernitana. Beltran scored finally his first goal in Serie A. Still those same issues with the number nine on, on who they should get, who they should not get. Only two goals combined between Enzola and uh, Beltran up top. But they, they find guys, maybe, hopefully, they can start adding in positions that haven't been scoring. Sotil is one guy. Two years, he hasn't scored for Fiorentina in the Serie A. He scored his goal. Beltran hadn't scored in Serie A. He gets his goal. Jack Boraventura, I mean, it goes without saying how great he is. Six goals in 14 games. Last year, to score five goals, he needed 30, 30 games. games yeah. He's living... One of the best years of his life at 34 years old, yeah. which is something that we his spoke about. It's the best season for on um, Fiorentina jersey too. Which is where I'm. It's incredible that they're able to achieve this by finding different players in different positions where they don't have an out and out number nine that's leading them every single year. Yet they're able to compete and and to push for yeah. the top spots. How many goals did Fiorentina score up to now, and how many they conceded? In comparison to Fiorentina, Fiorentina have scored 23 goals. They've conceded 17 in 14 games. Inter have scored 33 goals, so 10 more goals, and they've conceded seven goals, so 10 less. So the difference is 10 and 10. Yeah, that's a Six, big difference. Yeah, uh, 17. Difference. I think that's the, that's the the where because if you don't score. If Zola doesn't score and uh, Beltran doesn't score, you if you get a good defense, yeah. you know, because they are, what, in fifth place right now? I think they're in fifth place. No, they're not fifth. Uh, Just below Roma, sixth. I technically, they're in sixth. They're one point behind Napoli. Mm. Uh, okay. You know, if you take the 10 goals out, uh, you, that's another three, four points. For sure. Mm -hmm. And you're right there. Hey, they lost sure. game. They, they lost easy yeah. game. Fiorentina support, they were third almost. Well, they've yeah. always, if you look their games, besides mm. maybe the match against... Yeah. Inter Empoli, is the only lost, one they that they didn't dominate, Empoli, right? right? They, they might have lost, but the game against Inter is the only match that when you watch them play yeah. against the big teams, they, play yeah. well. they always show up. They play, they play well. football. They play that yeah. style but, that we love but to watch. They're the kind of team, though, that we always talk about. They play up to their opponents, but then when they play a team that's less quality than them, that's where they struggle a little bit more. Mm. So they're just one of those... They're, they're like that. I don't know. But they're also balancing. I think that the way that they're balancing these competitions lately is amazing. Oh, that's true. With Conference League, yeah. they're on track to get first place no. uh, mm. again in their they, Conference yeah. League group. They've been getting better for that. Because the first time they qualified for Europe, it was, it's very tough for a team like Fiorentina, a team that hasn't been in Europe for a long time, uh, yeah. to bring that back and now consistently kind of juggle Europe, just like kind of Atalanta how they were. It's really interesting to see and yeah. really have those players for all those fronts. You know what I love about them too? And this is, it's not a stat, it's not a metric, it's its not that important, but for me it is important. Italiano never complains. They've had games where they've played hours before, like a few, mm -hmm. you know, 50 hours before, whatever it is. 
not not a lot of time to rest. You know, no excuses. No. Saudi would have had a whole uh, dictionary yeah. full of stuff. Right, which which it, it gets you down this negative spiral of the fans mm-hmm. already expecting a loss or expecting those kind of things. They're they're not the most important thing. But when you add to the already style that they're playing, for me, I love that about Italiano. I love that about the club. Listen, for Italiano to allow Amrabat to leave. Amrabat is one of the top midfielders. No, yeah, he's not. He, no, he's not. He, he's he's great great no, he's not. He, no, he's he not. He go ask Manchester United and he, and he how much they like Amrabat now. Well, well, maybe yeah, not not they don't know to use it. Amrabat has He's not that good. Amrabat is not that good. Fiorentina is not missing anything with Amrabat. In the World Cup, he overseeded. Okay, that's James Rodriguez. He did that. I'm agreeing with you. He overseeded his expectations. There are so many players you can look at in the World Cup, in a tournament, they did great, and then they didn't continue that. With Fiorentina, he never performed. With Fiorentina, I don't remember anything. No, but he was one of the top in Verona. It was not for one year. Verona was better than one year. It was they did three years in Verona. We're picking apart years and performances in a month doing really well. Sometimes, sometimes a change of climate, change of of, uh, management, a change of, change of cuisine. Uh, change of cuisine. For, me, for me, at Fiorentina, I never saw anything where no, he didn't that it. he did something incredible yeah. that I'm like, oh my God, he's so messed. And look what he's doing at Manchester United. Yes. And the other thing about uh, Italiano too, I, if I'm not mistaken, Nico did not play on Sunday. Yeah. He was, he was on the bench. Yeah. So, and that's Gonzalez. This is his best player. Yeah. So he, he, knows, he, he knows how to manage the players. He manages rotation. Yeah. I like it. Uh, Lazio won. 1-0 against Cagliari. They also qualified uh, for Champions League because Atletico uh, won against... Uh, what's her name? Fenerbahce? No. Fenerbahce. No. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't. Feyenoord. Feyenoord. Yeah, sorry. A lot yeah. of games. A lot, a lot of matches. Uh, so they qualified also to the next round. Chirio Mobile came in, I think, 23 minutes. He scored yep. a brace, right? Yep. And Saudi kept yep. saying, we need to transfer over the... What we're doing in Champions League to Serie A, they got the 1-0 uh, this weekend. He's also another one that he said he was going to reevaluate. They came out, ownership came out, said no, he's staying. Don't even think about it. Saudi's the man that we're going forward with. So it's not going to be sacked. No. Okay. And we're going to keep talking about Lazio, how we've been talking about them it's the past time. We're not really sure of their expectations, their goals, and Saudi complaining all the time. Well, let's see. I don't have any anything really new to add me to my already position of me, last me week neither. with with them, except that I'm happy. I didn't. I I will admit. I'll stand here and say I didn't have them getting out of their group in Champions League. I was scared. Yeah, you gotta give they them credit the one, for that. Give, they were I'll the, give them credit. They were the yeah. one Italian team that I had yeah. nervous, not because of the lack of quality. It was not a quality reason. I said quality wise, they're the second best team in the group. I was scared at the way that they're managing competitions. I expected them to do better in Serie A, where mm-hmm. we've seen the drop off, than I did in Europe. And I'm pleasantly surprised. Because Saudi values the Campionato over Europe, that's why. We thought. Yeah. He did pretty well in Champions League. But that's mm. what I'm saying. That's mm. why we're, we're saying that it was surprised. He was saying the notion that. before. Oh. Yeah, that's yeah. what we were expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Not a nice little surprise by Saudi. Not uh, bad. Did you guys foresee anything anything big happening during the transfer season, given the fact that there's not much money circulating in the Serie A right now? I think now? Juventus is going to bring in one, one big player. Like what? I think like a Jaden Sancho on loan, mm. something like that. I have a feeling Juventus sees that their team, because we didn't talk about Juventus. The they are one, one or two players away from challenging Inter, you're saying? I think that that's what they see. It, um, again, with them. On what position? Midfield? I, I, for me, still an attack. They miss something. They're Come getting what, What's impressive about Juventus is I think they've had 10 goals in different places, <laughs> right? They're getting guys that could score different goals. Federico Gatti, uh, Rabiot had a goal and an assist. Mm. Each week, they're finding somebody different that's not... Federico Chiesa, that's not Dusan Vlaovic, to put the balls into the back of the net, which mm. one could be a problem. But on the flip side, they're getting guys who are contributing to the rest of the, the play, right? They're getting goals from all different angles, which is putting them to compete with Inter. They have mm. the spirit. They've all bought into this. Whether you like it, whether you don't, at least there's a little bit of life with mm. the Juventus, which last year, for me, I didn't see that same sort of spirit, right? I think that they're looking at the Campionato and they're saying, somehow we're competing at this top because we have seven days to prepare. Inter, if they continue going forward in all these competitions, eventually they're going to have to drop off. No, Maybe no, no. they're one or two players away from fighting for the Scudetto long-term. I see them in January getting somebody. Yeah, I think uh, Allegri strategizing this well. Come like February when Champions League is back, that's when you, you're going to start seeing Juve right. hustling while hopefully the tired teams around them that are coming back playing a couple 
Games so you, a week from Europe. I, I think you need somebody to make the difference in in the midfield. You don't think oh, they're going to be fishing? Sure. You need a big player, big time player in midfield. You, I think if you get that, I mean, you got Milik, you got Keane, you got Vlaovic, you got Chiesa. Oh. I think you should be able between those, the four of them to to score to and big uh, numbers on top. But I think what they lack is in the midfield, like the service part. Yeah. Like a player in that connects the attack, the midfield yes. and the attack. Yeah. I see that too. Yeah. I see that big time. That's so, that's a player. And so you, you are seeing Juventus not fishing within the the the, the pond of Italy. They said they might they might go uh, like an EPL or Spain or. I'm just looking. They're going to look for an opportunity. Mm. Juventus. They don't have the. They're not going to go out like they did last year and buy Dusan Vlaovic for mm. 75 million. They they're just not able to. No. They're going to look for an opportunity. So they're going to. Uh, see who's who's got a problem at a club. Jaden Sancho has a problem at Manchester United, where you know they need to let him go on loan, or is this player out of a contract? Who's splitting up? Who signs? You know, if another if a big team signs a player in that position, and all of a sudden they have to give somebody away, I think they're going to wait until the last moment. Mm. DePaul is a name that they really like. They are missing that sort of player from the attack, yeah. from the midfield to the attack, to provide you more goals from those areas and help also Keza yeah. and uh, and Vlaovic get the mm. service. But again, the thing that I like again. Against Monza. They lost to Monza twice last year oh, in the Serie A, by the way. Monza come back 1-1. And in the late into the match, Juventus is attacking in Monza's box with, I think it's six or seven guys. And Monza had three players over there. that They were doubled, uh, over number. I said, I don't understand what Paladino is thinking about. It. Paladino is one of the smartest coaches over there. And they found themselves outnumbered by Juventus player the last I was with Mike over there. What the hell is going on? And I saw the goal coming. Even though Gatti missed the first, uh, the first, <clears throat> the first shot, and then boom, the rebound. Yeah, it was. A, he faked it. He faked. Yeah, it. yeah. Okay. I, That's it was, what he that said. was a strange game. I mean, I, I think <coughs> Monza played really good. I mean, we've been saying this season Monza played good football. Paladino plays good football. I feel like it's a small little nuances that Monza did that lost the like game. Like what? Like the Kiriakopoulos. That was a really stupid foul there. There was no need for that, and he cost the team uh, a goal over there early on and oh, he, okay. he could have been it could have been worse who knows what he could have got um maybe and they missed the penalty they missed a the penalty mm. but right from the penalty the gregory by the way incredible double save but <laughs> coming from the penalty whatever happened the following corner they conceded so you got you could have to still blame girakopoulos on that for sure and, and for uh, a greek to say this well you know no, that true. was i mean that wasn't smart at all uh holding on to him that was not your other greek not. came up big though Liko Yanis, right? He scored yeah, a free scored kick. a nice free kick. But, Gotta give you some love. But then they got, um, they conceded late in the penalty. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying know, to help I know. you out. But both of them don't even get called up for Greece. So. What, what are the details, was it about Monza, that you think they're lacking? Because the, you said it's a few details. Concentration. Well, listen, concentration. At, at the end of the day, um, you're playing against Juventus. So it's always going to be extremely difficult to even get a point. <laughs> but I think, for the most part, Monza were playing that good attacking young football that modern football that you like to see in a coach like a De Zerbi like a Dionisi like a Paladino so you appreciate that more but and you were gonna play that stubborn uh, <clears throat> Catenacho kind of defensive football and I think there were it was small fine details like that that Gatti got a little lucky that he a little lucky that, that he swung it and the defender was already down and, and he got another free shot of the rebound the, to equalize but I think on, on another day I think Monza could have got a point like last year on the my, two days they my, did okay, they I were, have the answer that, for him okay yeah. So Juventus, they play fino alla fine, and Monza, they needed to play fino alla fine della partita. In other words, let the game... This guy had this, thinking about this game. from last night. <laughs> at the end of the game, then you relax. Those guys were already on their heads. Well, we tie the game. The game is over. That's what happened. Well, they it is... It is a relax until the final whistle. Well, it is It is telling that, that sings, Juventus, right? I feel like they hadn't had that Fino Alafina spirit in a while. Mm -hmm. Like watching Juventus, yeah. it's always been a struggle, at least this year. Again, I don't like the football that's being played. They're doing the best with the resources, but at least they have that spirit where in late into the match, even I'm thinking, I'm like, they're going to win this game. They're going to come back and have oh, that. Oh, come on. You got lucky. Come on. Uh, but, I'm, but the argument is different. No. The argument is about the oh, yeah. spirit of yeah, the team, yeah. right? No, they definitely were pushing. And also yeah. to understand Paladino, you need to understand his mindset, right? Mm. You're saying that he's going forward. He's attacking. This is a manager who, he when he took yeah. over for Stroppa, who Stroppa did awful for Monza, Galliani and Berlusconi set Paladino down because he was from the Primavera. Mm -hmm. He was somebody that they were going to slowly ease into taking over Monza. They said, all right, listen, you have to play Juventus next. Maybe don't take over the team. 
Let, let's put you in a good position. Let's let you take over. This is last year I'm talking about. Let's let you take over after the Juventus match because it's too much pressure. You're already going to get a loss. He said, no. He said, I want to take on Juventus. That's the mentality. That's the attitude, that the spirit that he has. So he's going to go down with his ship. For me, the detail that they lack is they have no killer. Mm-hmm. There's no killer in this team. And when you don't have that, just like with Fiorentina, and you want to play this style, when you're not putting the ball into the back of the net, you don't have those super talented players, a lot of reliance on Colpani. When you don't have that guy up top, for me, Colombo's yeah. not good enough, it hurts with the style of play. Yeah. When these guys, when Italiano, when Paladino, I'm telling you, when they coach top teams, you're going to see what they'll be able I to do. I agree with you. They are also, but they're a team full of playmakers that lack that number nine that can really... Pessina is like, a great player. Like, like I mean, a Petania, uh, but he's like, not a killer. Like a Petania Raspal, someone like that. Please that, don't put Petania into this. No, list. no, I'm just Petania saying. Petania was there and he's. No, no, but I'm just saying that informed kind of player that's going to. You put the ball in the box and he's going to score. If you see Amonzar. You know who would have been perfect? Sorry. No. To cut you off. Retegi. Imagine a Retegi. I'm telling you. Doesn't get many Maybe. opportunities. He puts a ball into the back of the I net. Think scores in the big need, games. You need some kind of big striker like that. That's because they send a lot of the, the way they play the, the, with the with the wing backs, Kirakopoulos on one side. They send in a lot of balls in. So I think they need like a big man kind of striker, and they play really quick triangle little uh, little passes. Really a fun to watch, and I think that's a missing piece. So Genoa afforded Retegi, who's a team from Serie B. So that's why I give that example because mm-hmm. Monza still revenue wise. All right, they're not going to go out and get. You know, Vlaovic, whatever. The, they play the smart transfers, the small little smart transfers. I think he could have been the guy. I will. I will have given them a very healthy Giuseppe Rossi, and that would have been on top. On top, <laughs> if Giuseppe Rossi was a 29, 30, 31. We got a time machine, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Let me know if you got. Giuseppe Rossi, think? that would have challenged. No. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for watching. Anything else that we missed today? Uh, the panettone. Who's gonna? Who's gonna get to, to the Christmas uh, uh, without the panettone? Without seeing the panettone? You, we we guessed. Um, Pioli. No, I mean no. Rudy. The, we got Rudy Garcia. No, we who's gonna be the next? I call. I, I say nobody. I call Rudy Garcia. I say nobody. You guys didn't say it. You say nobody. Yeah. I can see uh, maybe Pioli not making it. No. 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 It's a couple weeks away. Come on. I don't think so. Anything from you? Say, guys, Mazzari. Mazzari? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot he said that. <laughs> guys, thank you for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, ciao, ciao, ragazzi. Guys. And Forza? Forza. 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 Grecia. <laughs>